What happens when you take Facebook arguments between friends who don't agree and have them face to face? I'm Xanthi. And I'm Andrew. And this is We've, We've Got, Got Issues. Hi, and uh, welcome back to episode 14 of uh, whatever it is we call these things. We've Got Issues with uh, Andrew and Xanthi. Yeah, we've been on a bit of a we've been on a bit of a forced hiatus. It's true due to, due to middle aged person problems. Yeah, so uh, I uh, I hurt my back playing hockey, and so this is actually a remote recording, and for which I actually think we sound better. And uh, Andrew so Andrew has pushed pushed our technical capabilities yeah. to their absolute limit. What's next? <laughs> I, it might it might be video. That might be the next thing. That may be our next hurdle to conquer. But. Uh, but, you know, we still have the same wonderful show. Oh, also, we probably can take guests now. So if you have a guest, we can probably get them on Skype and do that, too. But Ooh, anyway, yeah, it's very, very exciting. So, uh, but let's get started with uh, the game that made us famous, uh, <laughs> to which we well, owe. A few, a few things have happened in the last month since we, uh, since we recorded. Yes, quite a, quite a bit. Has it really been a month? I think about a month. I I'm guess afraid. it has. Yeah, yeah, and that's why the fans, the fans have been clamoring, the exactly. viewers, the the listeners, yeah. and/or viewers. So here we go. Um, <laughs> let's play not my tribe, and uh, this is the game where we both have three questions uh, from the uh, other side of the uh, political aisle, and we try to see how on top of things we are. And uh, Xanthi, do you want to go first? I would love to go first. All right, go first. Um, all right. So I have three questions. I'm going to ask you the first one. Um, was about um, a graphic that was accidentally broadcast during a Fox News segment where they were talking about the media and um, how <laughs> the media is, you know, spreading all these fake fake stories, fake mm -hmm. news, as, mm -hmm. our, as our president likes to call them. Um, so they brought up this graphic, but it wasn't the one that they intended. And I was wondering if you caught that story. If I caught it. Uh, so this was, a, this was a Fox News oops. This it was, was. On, on Fox and Friends, and they brought up yep. a, a graphic, and it said something. It wasn't Fox and Friends. It was a. I think it was an actual Fox News. I dimly um, recall this story, but I don't think it's a fairly. I think it's a little bit of an old story. Yeah, we've been holding on well, this for a while. You know, I've got a. You've got a whole <laughs> month full, and you're like, this is this is going to be yeah. great for the show. Okay. Um, all right. So it's still. Let's say it's evergreen. This uh, this story. Uh I don't know. I, I don't remember. It didn't make an impact on me. It was a fantastic moment because the graphic that they pulled up actually was a poll asking people which media outlets they trust the most and the least. And the graphic that Fox News put up on the screen actually said that Fox News was the least trusted news source of the people that were and, polled. And was that a mistake by the graphics people or was that actually an accurate poll? No, that poll? was the actual poll result. Yeah. It just and wasn't just, necessarily what they intended to nobody was smart up. enough to actually be able to read the poll before they posted it? <laughs> I don't know. That's, or maybe it was sabotage. It's like modern, modern day sabotage. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. I did it not. I actually didn't. Not. That story completely... That was probably like a Rachel. Ma that sounds like a Rachel Maddow story. Like, do you watch that show? <laughs> I actually, I am a little embarrassed to say that I don't. Yeah, no, it's very popular now. It's doing very, it's doing better than I think any other news show is Rachel. But Maddow. you know what's interesting to me is I'm actually not that interesting in in watching super polarized 
right. Um, right. news. Like I actually, I don't like it on the right and I, I actually don't much like it on the left e- either um, most of the time. Yeah, no, I, I, uh, I can't really watch, even I watch some of it just to sort of keep my eye on like what the other side is thinking. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I can't really watch Rachel Maddow and either because it just, it feels so biased and sort of in the can for the other, you know, for one side that you're like, you it know, doesn't it work for me. Doesn't, yeah, I, I'm with you. I'm with you. And it, and it's it hasn't gotten us to a good place, you know, as a country. So nope. I'm with it. All right. Well, I have one for you. All right, um, let's do it. My question for you was, and this is, I have a theme here, which is on uh, on uh, boycotts. Um, but the question <laughs> is, uh, what happened uh, to the Laura Ingraham show? As you know, they they boycott about twenty nine advertisers boycotted, and they didn't. Yes, they weren't on the show. Uh, but what has happened to that show since her planned vacation and it's gone back on the air? Uh, what has happened to the, to the? Are you putting planned show? vacation in quotation marks? I guess so. <laughs> I yeah, you know, she 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 took some time off. She apologized, and uh, and what sort of has been the fallout of that? Do you know? Um, no, the only fallout I'm aware of was that there was a brilliant skit on Saturday Night Live. Yeah. Oh, I saw that. <laughs> um, Which I really enjoyed. Yeah. No. Um, I've never, I have to say, I've never seen Laura Ingraham's show. Uh-huh. Um, so I, I, I couldn't vouch for like how authentic the impersonation was, but it really made me laugh. Yeah. Um, no, I have no idea, but I'm going to guess that her show has become even more popular. That's exactly right. Exactly right. The ratings have gone up 20%. Oh my um, and it just, I think it just goes to show you that this whole like, boycott like use the power of the market to um you know to to kind of drive through a political viewpoint i feel like it backfires almost every oh. time yeah mm-hmm. i mean it just made her a national figure uh yeah. and but gave her so much more exposure and the advertisers will come back because that's where the money is and i think it's just a uh it's a band-aid um, smoke, smoke and mirrors i think it's a i think it's a huge tactical mistake to... Well, so how should David Hogg have responded then when she, because if you remember what sparked the boycott yeah. was when she made fun of him for not uh, getting into college, which was yeah. completely ridiculous. Well, I think what she, he should have said, and I think should have done was sort of what he did, which is like, that's totally inappropriate. And I think that that's, that's, you know, and I think that the whole world was sort of on his side, like, Hey, that's, right. that's a little mean. Um, but then he, the boycott thing, I think. Uh, you know, if it doesn't kill you, it makes you stronger. And I think uh, in this case, it made her stronger. And, uh, you know, and now I think, it, we have a, I think we have a president who embodies at the moment up to this point, embodies that saying exactly better than anyone ever in the history Absolutely. of the entire he's, planet. He's practically, you know, they've actually talked about Reagan being the Teflon president, but Trump is truly the Teflon president. <laughs> like he... Every time he's weathered a, a sexual harassment scandal, a, you know, no, I mean, everything stars, you can make an like, endless list. Any of those things would have killed a normal candidate. Killed it's them. Crazy. He and, has some uh, crazy kryptonite repelling superpower. Yeah. Well, I think it just goes to show you that like people really more than they hate, um, they hate people who are morally, um, you know, untoward and amoral like yes. Trump. More than they hate that, they hate hypocrisy. And <sighs> you know, everybody who goes you know, the people who go after Trump, like everybody's a hypocrite. So everybody's really susceptible to that. Um, I don't but, know. I don't but, think that they And self-righteousness. That. They hate that too, you know, where they're like, oh, you know. So so I think that's, 
That's funny. That's not why, why I would say that it is it. either, but I guess we're both speculating. I don't think it's a hatred of hypocrisy that enables him to survive. I think it's this, the, the craven calculation of places like Fox News that are constantly, constantly spinning stories in his favor. Uh, I think it's a misinformation campaign that enables him to survive. But actually. he also has no shame about it, which I think is it, yeah. which is interesting. Like he, that kind of inoculates him too. That you know the yeah, fact that he just doesn't, I agree with that. He just doesn't be like, yeah, I didn't do anything wrong. I slept with a porn star and I paid her off. That's what you do. You know, like, it's like <laughs> okay, that's the way you operate. Uh, like who am I? What to he's say? really doing is pointing at the hypocrisy of everyone around him. Well, that's, that's and he did a lot of that in the in the yeah. campaign. You know, he's just yeah. like, hey, I know how it works. It's all everybody gets bribed. It's all you know, like and everyone's yeah. like, oh, maybe that is how it works. You know, I don't know yeah. how it works. Yeah. So, All right, my turn. My turn to ask you a question. Mm-hmm. Um, one, by the way, you're ahead again. One nothing. Oh, nice, nice. Anyway. Um, okay, so uh, again, this is reaching back into the far, far past <laughs> since we haven't really done this in a month. I feel bad. Um, I'm sorry. I got you hurt. know, it's okay. It's okay. I forgive you. Um, kind of. Um, so <laughs> reaching back to the Fox and Friends story. You've been watching all my stuff. Okay. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Just responding to it. Um, The Fox and Friends story about the caravans of migrants. Yes. Got Trump Trump all riled up and led to all kinds of complete insanity. Um, So there actually was a problem with that story. It was, in fact, incorrect. You'll be shocked to know uh, that, in fact, these migrants were not coming here um, as to be illegal. Immigrants. Right. They were actually coming here to apply for asylum. Yes. Which is, in fact, a legal form of immigration, right? Okay. So my question is, yes. What what news source um, was the one that corrected Fox and Friends, um, corrected this error in their reporting? Well, as I recall, too, that Trump actually said it confused them with DACA, which it has well, nothing that, to do with, with DACA. So, like, there was there was some very basic, like. Um, mistakes mistakes and and probably mm-hmm. deliberate you know uh obfuscation uh, obfuscation yeah. that's exactly the right word so um <laughs> but the news source i bet it's somebody that probably breitbart or something like that it's oh probably my from the right god yeah. how did you know that because how did you possibly know that because actually i think breitbart uh is oh, be careful be careful I don't, like i might my, my so if you're an up-and-coming like uh sort of player like Breitbart, right? Like then your job is to punch up, is to punch up and, you know, punching up is to take down Fox. And so they're, you know, if they can catch out Fox and say like, Hey, Fox isn't the reputable conservative news source. We are, I, I, I would make sense that they would do that. You are impressive. That is a certifiable point for you. Thank you. I have a point. <laughs> and it's funny because, you know, I was reading, I was actually listening to this story on Pod Save America and they were laughing and saying like, when Breitbart is correcting, yeah. you know, your news reporting, like you're really in trouble. But actually, Andrew, I have to say, I think you got to the heart of it in a way that they completely missed. So. Oh, well, thank you. They just got to get you. me on that show and I'll bring you yeah. along. I won't leave you behind. I'll, 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 <laughs> you're my partner. I wouldn't, I wouldn't just wow, do the I show. Didn't. I wouldn't do Pod Save America life. without you. I would, at very least, I'm I would sure let you be in the audience. I'm sure we'll be there. In the audience. Yeah. <laughs> I get you tickets for sure. <laughs> That's so kind of you. I, you know, um, we're a team. We're a team. So uh, the. Uh, the you, want, you would want me there applauding you. Uh, absolutely. Front row, if possible. <laughs> but second is. Definitely it. orchestra section. Okay, so um, my question to you is 
in the boycott. Uh, this was actually breaking news, but um, there's now uh, another call for a boycott uh, because of two black men were arrested. Yes. Mm-hmm. Where? Um, at a Starbucks in mm-hmm. Philly. And yeah. I actually also saw the breaking news, which is that they are going to shut down 8,000 stores for racial sensitivity training, which I just saw the alert right before we went to record. I think that's brilliant. You do? Brilliant. Yes. I think that is, you know, I don't know how I think about it. I mean, I think in the, in the some, it's, it's, at some level, uh, it is admitting, it, it is exactly what we just said about, um, Kind of, kind of when you say, hey, what we did was wrong and admitting fault. I mean, this is yeah. one store. So like, can you say we have a systemic racism problem and we're going to tackle it head on? Or are you actually just trying to appeal to your kind of your liberal Frappuccino base? And the like, latter, say, but that's their, those are their customers. Right, so they that's gotta, their customers. They got to please their customers. I think it, again, will backfire. I think I think the boycott will backfire. backfire. Well... Actually, I don't. I don't really know. But I mean, they they have this. They already have this kind of this. I think cultural problem, which is like I think I associate Starbucks with elitism in general, and and uh, you know, and sort of this cultural elite and five dollars for a coffee and all that kind of stuff. And so I think they're never going to get the the right. Um, and, uh, and now so, you think they've lost. They've lost a whole. Well, that's why they can't also afford to lose an entire swath of uh, liberal leaning people. Although, of course, like really liberal people go to their like local coffee place right, where your right. where your turmeric latte actually my, is seven dollars. My business partner Andrew Eisner, who I know I loved, uh, was a coffee snob, and I was like, that's the lamest thing to be a snob about. It, it's like even if you're a wine snob, like that's like. You know, hey, you're spending a lot of money. But coffee snob, you're like, so I pay an extra dollar for my coffee. And like, <laughs> so that's like something that you're going to be snobby about. But uh, he was. And, you know, he would seek out the, the fancy <laughs> I mean, coffee, he's not alone. He's the not coffee alone. shops. But I just, and, my point is just that, like, Starbucks is actually no longer considered, um, you know, a coffee snob's coffee. Right. No. Yeah. I went to the first Starbucks once. when I Back in, like, the early 90s. Amanda Reese. In, Se- in Seattle. She, she took me to the very first Starbucks. Yeah, in Seattle, back when it was a I big have deal. also been there. I had, that's a, like, I had my first latte, and I was like, whoa, this is this That's is like That's like Gen X. That's Gen X white person cred It was right a moment, there. yeah. It was, like, right out of Douglas, Brooklyn. We've both been to it. Yeah. Um, all right. So all right, moving I, on. You got that one. So, two one. All righty. Um, so, this is my last question for you. Uh, okay. Um, so you may have noticed that there are a lot more women running for office um, across the country yes, at all, all levels. We have, um, you know, we have uh, local races, we have state races, mm-hmm. we have um, no, no national, <laughs> no national ones yet. Hopefully that will happen. Well, again November, yeah, there'll be. Uh, yes. But even those aren't national. Those are, I mean, those are state. Well, you'll have but Congress, anyway. yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I guess. Does that count as a national race? A pretty, I oh, I see. I think so, right? I mean, if you're going yeah, for a federal job. My, my political term. Yeah, you're right. I guess it's local. The only thing that's truly national is the president, I guess. President, like, yeah. yeah. Uh, in any case, lots of women is my point. Lots um, and lots of women. Folders so full of this, binders full of women. This is sparking a new trend in uh-huh. political political ads. And I'm wondering if you might have caught the story about what that, what that trend is. Uh... In political ads that are targeting women, um, well, that are promoting, that are advertising these new um, women running for office. What would that be? What would you do to get um, people excited about women running for office? Uh, <laughs> they're they're showing ads with yoga pants. <laughs> oh my god! I really like the way your brain works. I have to say. Uh, 
I don't know. Uh, yeah, maybe all that kind of like that. The ads are more um, are are Instagrammy. Maybe. Okay, you were closer. You were on the right track. Yeah. What? Ish. Yeah. Um, which is several ads have shown the um, candidate in full figure. Um, no. no oh. Breastfeeding. Oh. I wish everyone could see the look on your face. Your, your face just fell yeah. in such a dramatic that's, way. I, the breastfeeding, that's so, that's really interesting. I, I, how do you, let me, that's a great question. What, how do you feel about a picture of a woman breastfeeding? Is that a, when you see a woman breastfeeding, does it, maybe what that does is that makes you feel like, oh, she's, she's this, uh, you know, powerful person, but she's sort of more like me. She's approachable or yes. that's how it, that's, I guess, the intended. It's, it's no. For me, it's basically saying, here's this thing that shows that you're like the, A human the bigger, the bigger trend is actually this sort of like mom trend where they're kind of right. redefining. They're saying, yes, I'm a mother, right. but that doesn't mean that I fit into this kind of like traditional box of um, motherhood that the right or that more conservative um, circles have defined. But you know, it's not going to hold me back. Like just because, you know, I have a child, it isn't going to stop me from being able to be a, um, you know, effective candidate and effective right. politician. Um, and to me, like what it really does is it destigmatizes breastfeeding, which as the mother of two kids myself, like I am all in favor of that. I think if it's a little shocking, um, it shouldn't be. And, and, uh, I, it, it pleases me, I guess, on that level as well. Yeah, I, I don't even know really what to what to sort of say about it because I think I think breastfeeding is one of these. Uh, I mean, it's just it's part of one of these things that makes us humans, right? Like this this human thing yep. that we do, but like we also do human things like go to the bathroom, but we keep those <laughs> private, right? Like everybody does that, and yes. it's like, oh, look at it, look at the senator, he's on the toilet, just like me, you know? It's like. Right. I don't know that I need to see that. Well, but that's such that. an interesting example, Andrew, because you remember what the president, um, then the candidate, did when Hillary left the stage during one of the debates, which was what that he said. It was disgusting. I know where right. she's going, and that's disgusting. It's disgusting that she goes, that she urinates. Like, exactly. that's so but gross. See, that's, but, that, but see, I think that's exactly what that's these weird. breastfeeding ads, That's it's that kind of attitude that these breastfeeding ads are going after, which are, you don't get to tell me anymore right. that I'm disgusting right. for doing something that everyone does, you know? And it's weird because actually, in many ways, Trump does all kinds of disgusting things right. and says, like, I, that's fine. As yeah. you just said at the beginning of our recording, you know, this is, that's one weird way in which he's kind of broken new ground is he yeah. is quite upfront about yeah. <laughs> the way that he operates. You know, when he said, I think it's smart not to pay taxes. And when I, you know, he's just, he's been weirdly transparent in right. certain ways. Right. And um, yeah, there's some things that he's really obviously very embarrassed about, like this whole, I, and I'm more and more believing in we're going to get into Comey, but more and more believing into this sort of this P tape thing, and yeah. and you know and that being used to blackmail him, and yeah. yet for some reason like that's his line. He's like, no, I would never, I would never see two women pee on a bed. That would be way <laughs> beyond me. It was like really Lots like of other stuff. I'd I was like, why don't I just own that? Care. Like, yeah, Anymore. yeah. I was with Putin, and I got these two hookers, and they peed on the bed, and I wasn't sure why they were doing it, but I guess <laughs> they thought it was funny and you know i just went along with it i mean that's you know no for him he's he's drawing i don't think he see my theory is like i don't think he asked for these women to like pee on i think they just 
They just did. They're like, look, do, I think they were. They had instructions. They were that KGB. Was their, that was their act. I think no. I think no. I think they were KGB, and they had instructions oh. to do something that would be. Um, I could almost see that conversation. Like, well, what can we do that like he'll be really embarrassed about that we he can never talk about? He's like, well, he yeah. can pee on the bed. It's like, oh yeah, I'm willing to do that, and then that's how it happened. And they, it was all Completely set up. Surreal. The whole thing is so surreal. Yeah. Well. Well, that's, anyway. that makes sense only because everybody's like. Did this really happen? And if yeah. so, no, I, why? I actually think he walked into a, you know, a honey trap. But I think they actually probably did think long and hard of what would actually really be something that even Trump would be embarrassed about. Like, cause it's <laughs> like he's already having sex with porn stars and Playboy bunnies. So, but having yeah. two hookers who come in and pee on the bed, maybe that's the line. Like, oh, I don't that want that would ruin that my reputation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe onto something. I guess, you know what? We might actually find out. We might find out, yeah. All right, so here's my last one, and this is a All tough right. one. Oh, okay. I, how, what's the score here? Did I get that? I can't remember. Um, I think you're up to one, so you might not need this. Uh, right. Michael Cohen uh, obviously had, had uh, three famous, famous clients that he was <laughs> in trouble for. One, of course, was Sean Hannity, which was recently, and of course, mm-hmm. one is uh, Donald Trump. Who is the third Oh, you underestimate me. Yeah, Elliot Elliot Broidy. Nice job. I don't know how you, I don't know how you pronounce his name, but um, yeah, he's a piece of work. Yeah, lovely, lovely. No, lovely I fellow. I was just curious if he was on the radar screen of the uh, of, of of you, but I guess yeah. apparently he yeah. is. He definitely is. It was on the front page of the New York Times, and I he think. paid a lot more, by the way. He paid like a, a lot qu- more. He's a dummy. That's, I, one what thing, Trump, that's one, what Trump is really saying. He's like, that guy's an idiot. Yeah, one thing I'm really him. learning about this is that uh, Harvey Weinstein was the best negotiator in the business. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, O'Reilly is the worst negotiator in the business. But they all do the same thing. It's just how much they pay people off. Yeah. and uh, Or maybe it's how much shame you have. Maybe it's like the shame meter of how much you're willing to pay. Well, I also uh, think it's like, what other powers do you have? Yeah. And also, how, how bad is the thing you did? I mean, Elliot Broidy impregnated a Playboy. They keep calling her a Playboy model. I'm not really sure what that means. But um, so maybe that was like... What would be a better pregnancy, word? Like, shit. I don't know. Are they models? They're think, models in the magazine? Models. I think they're models. Does the models. magazine even exist anymore? Uh, I don't think it does. I thought it went like out of business. It or they did, no, having, they they they, they started doing it without nudity, and then they brought back the nudity. But it's on its last legs. It's they're right. trying to sell it, or they maybe they sold it. It's. I mean, to me, they mostly seem like they're confirming. Like, there's always been this stereotype, right? That like those women act like prostitutes, but like they've always been like, no, we're not prostitutes. We don't. We're like just we're just showing our bodies and we're modeling, but like. All we keep finding out about is that they basically sleep with all of these disgustingly hideous, grotesque, rich men. I think that whole, like, Hef house thing was just this horrible... uh, So I think, first of all, that like this is my hypothesis. I don't really know. Uh, Although I used to actually date a girl whose dad... Uh, okay, don't, go, don't found, go there. No, helped found Playboy, was one of the founders. Oh, okay. um, but, so here's what I think. I think they start, they always pick these girls who are these girl next door types. You know, they don't have any tattoos. You know, they were, you know, they cheerleaders. They just have giant, giant double D. No, 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 none of that. Like they, not would when not, they pick them very up. rarely would they have sort of fake breast, you know, porn stuff. Like if you had done porn, you couldn't be in Playboy. So they, they pick these girls that are kind of these wholesome people, but then they throw them into this culture where they basically just get exploited and, right. and you know, and they had the half party. And out to people like Elliot yeah. Broidy. I mean, my God. But I don't know. I saw a picture of him. He's he's vile. 
yeah. So I I think that the the Playboy thing was interesting. It just had a, it had another level of hypocrisy to it. Like at least like with like the porn industry, like you kind of yeah. Know they're what like we're is. selling sex. It is what it is. Um and uh, but yeah. No, the Playboy thing is so strange to me. Like I just... it's over. It's it's a bygone thing. But it, I think it was this it was this kind of um, anachronistic moment that allowed them to bridge from kind of like where we were, which was this very sort of puritanical view. Repressed, yeah. Yeah, to, you know, something now where basically we've gone way too far. It just seems like such a 50s, (laughs) it does seem like such a 50s and 60s idea of sexuality, you know, and it seems so appropriate, right? Like here's Donald Trump with his like fixation on the 50s. It completely makes sense that Playboy would somehow keep being yeah. the thing that like comes up again and again with his, yeah. you know. But I think, I think there's something in a way even more creepy about like, I'm sure maybe not, maybe porn is, there's no more creepier than porn, but like there's something about Playboy where you think you're kind of getting into one thing and they kind of put right. on this pretense that this is actually like legit, you know, legit. And we've got, James Baldwin writing stories and we've got, you know, all these, yeah. you know, Norman Mailer. We're record Norman Mailer. And yeah. They, but then in the end of the day, it's really just so the same. It's just the same. There's these women the same, are just being the same sold thing, but, but to the a, highest bidder. It's really well, insane. I don't know if that's quite there, but it's right. But there's, there's <laughs> selling there's element of truth to that. Um, so Alrighty. there we go. I we did not my tribe. Uh, we talked about playboy. Uh, let's <laughs> talk about Comey. Comey, so, Comey, Comey. It's Comey week. Now, did you he get tickets? You said you were going to go to Comey and see I'm him. going on Thursday. You are? To, yes. You actually paid money to go see this guy talk. I did. I did. And what are you hoping to learn? Well, that is my big question. So I've now heard him interviewed maybe four times in the last wow. two days. Um, he's You're not going to hear anything new for, for that, of course, well, right? So that's my question. Like, I really hope that David Remnick, who's the editor of The New Yorker, yeah. um, uh, can ask a few new questions. Well, let me ask you a question. If sure. you could ask Comey any question, what would it be? And you oh, should have that prepared because they probably will take questions from the audience. Yeah, I didn't. I haven't. Sorry. So thank thank I just, you for... Um... Corona rule show, show business is never ask somebody a question they're not prepared for, which I just did. Uh, um, I'll let you think about it. But anyway, what do you think about Comey? No, I, I can answer the question. My, 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 I, any question I would ask him are the questions that are being asked, which I is see. like, do you totally regret what you did with the Hillary investigation, um, you know, have you ruined the reputation of the FBI forever? Uh, and, you know, he answers the same to all of these, which is like, no, I did what I thought was right. I, you know, the only really interesting thing I've heard him say so far is that he thinks he may have been unconsciously influenced by his belief that Hillary was going to win the presidency, which I kind of knew, but it's good well, to hear him say I just it. think it's interesting. So how much does it cost for a ticket to go see Comey? I mean, I'm not going to tell you how much I paid for a ticket. Okay. Ballpark. All right. Let's just say it's $200. Let's it's say a hundred. It's not Broadway. Let's Broadway. say $100 goes in his pocket. Mm. You're giving this guy $100, this guy who basically gave Donald Trump the presidency, more or less. He's getting, I don't think he's getting the money. It's publicity for his book. Okay. And I'm not, and I'm not buying his book actually. But it's some no. He's got to get some kind of a speaker fee. He's probably getting two hundred thousand dollars. No, because this is like a publicity tour for him. Okay. All right. To be determined. I guess somebody who knows more about this stuff should. But let if they're us charging know. a lot of money for it, anyway, here's my question: Is like at some level you're enriching him, mm-hmm. and my question I'm giving him is, my attention. I'm enriching him with my attention. Why is it because your sort of your hatred for Trump is greater than anything you might feel about Comey? Is that how it works? 
Um, no, I think he was like a major player in what's happened. So he's just interesting uh, person. He's interesting. He's also like an interesting character. I mean, his he, and he's been kind of funny. Like there have been some, you know, when they were talking about how that moment, that horrible moment, caught on video where Trump says, "Oh, there's there's, there's Jim. the tall guy trying to there's hide Jim. in the drapes." I mean, yeah. that was that was hilarious. And when right. Comey said, "You know, I actually was trying to like hide, hide, hide. the curtains." Yeah. Um, I find him sort of intriguing that way. And I think I also have sort of a secret fascination, which is growing with the FBI and who are these people and what do they do and what do they know and what can they do uh, is the question that I increasingly have. It's, it's sort of an interesting question of kind of, you know, there are, we all know these people who are just these kind of like morally upright pinnacle. Mm -hmm you know just like they're pinnacles of society like and you we sort of don't uh um, pillars of pillars of society sorry you know uh, like a romney maybe a little bit where he just mm -hmm. seemed like so like He's upright white very... bread and, yeah and and maybe Mueller and and comey and and you just you get the sense that they had they are they're guided by this inner you know morality compass, and yes. they have this like this yeah this rock solid compass and we look at those people and um, and I think they're always kind of a, a puzzle to us. Like, and I think yes. what what Trump sort of says is like, no, these people are just like everybody else. They're flawed. They're petty. They're venal. And Comey's yeah. no different. And uh, you know the sort of the Elliot um, Elliot Ness, right? He was the classic, the G man who took down Capone. Untouchables sort of, from the Untouchables. Untouchables. Yep. Yeah, that kind of a thing where they're just like these people are upright. And what do you think, like? What is your view on that? Do you think these people are real or do you think that they're just as flawed as all of us? Such a good question, Andrew. I want to say that they are better than most people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and I do like we have to believe that there are some people who are morally superior and are less likely to be swayed by the kind of petty considerations that most of us are swayed by. Um, you know, people with a stronger internal moral compass who are more yeah. willing to to make a sacrifice and do what's right. Um, but I don't think that just being the director of the FBI means that you are one of those people. <laughs> yeah. And, and by the way, you know, when you follow your own moral compass kind of exclusively, uh, you can go down the wrong path, which I think... Which is Comey, what he's such a great example of. Comey did, right? Like, he, you know, yeah. he, he said, oh, this is the right thing to do because if she becomes president, I have to be out there saying that I did this and I have yeah. to follow the process. Otherwise I'll have buried it. Um, and it was and, absolutely the wrong move. <laughs> and it, yeah. Or, and he also did it unfairly. You know, he didn't also say, by the way, we're also investigating Donald Trump and, you know, or maybe. And, and Michael Cohen, who apparently they have also been investigating yeah, so for a long time. I just, it just to me says that this, this notion of these, um, and, you know, if you look at literature or whatever, like always these characters like the Javers or whatever, you know, who are kind of like driven mm -hmm. by their own internal, like they always oh, nice wind up is. causing more trouble than they help. Well, maybe that is the moral of this. Maybe that is the moral of the story, you know, I and mean, he's a deeply flawed character and he. Yeah, but he's flawed with his, it, with his set. It's this, his flaw is actually that he, you know, has this strong sense of. Uh, right and but wrong. he believes to Lee right yes yeah. well I mean maybe the message is there is really no such thing as pure right and pure wrong um I also think I mean the other reason I'd like to see him is that I do admire I do think he's showing some courage right now and maybe it comes from a less noble place actually you know where he just feels wronged and he is is going out and he is 
doing everything short of like setting his own hair on fire to get people's attention. Yeah. And I don't think it's going to make any difference. I think he is out there calling Trump a stain yeah. and a, and a, oh, I think you know, I think a it's criminal a, and a mafia think... boss, but like, and it's great to hear that, but I'm really, um, I am dubious that it will make any difference. Absolutely. And actually what I think it does. So let's say that Comey is an archetype, right? Of this sort mm -hmm. of straight laced G man. What it yeah. does is it actually impugns the credibility of Mueller. So then when Mueller kind of gets up and he's like, oh yeah, you know, then Trump would be like, yeah, Mueller, you're just like Comey. You're yeah. just like another one of these guys who thinks that you're better than everybody else. Um, but then, you know, you're just as flawed and, and as, as the rest of us and, bi and, biased. and biased and in the can for whatever. And that's a scary thought. I think it's actually going to wind up uh, hurting Mueller. Uh, because I think they worked together very closely and, you know, they're, I think they're sort of two cut, cut from the same cloth. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So that's yeah. my take on Comey. Uh, nice. but I, I also like think, it. I also think, you know, that, uh, he doesn't really like conservatives don't really like him and liberals are, I think, you know, this idea of like, oh, we like him in as much as he's kind of picking on Trump. I just think that ultimately doesn't get them anywhere. Um, it doesn't have any traction, there's, unfortunately. There's, there's no traction in Trump. And actually, every story that's coming out, the Cohen thing and... Pruitt. The Pruitt. You know, I, I think that there will be a money laundering story at the bottom of this, that that's what they're hoping to pin on him and saying, like, yeah. oh, yeah, you took all this Russian money. And, and that's kind of... And I think that all that will come out. And then... Um, but he's just going to... It's... I don't, I don't think that there's going to be any consequences for it unless... Maybe they'll go after, um, you know, his kids or the Trump organization or, you know, some corporate criminal liability. I mean, he would throw his he would throw his kids overboard in a heartbeat <laughs> if it would save him no, in a heartbeat. Yeah, maybe. But any, in any case, I think um, there's nothing there's nothing here really. I think I'm afraid that, you're right. And I think you're right that he might also be damaging Mueller. Mueller. Yeah. Yeah. I just think yeah. when Mueller finally comes out with his like, here's what he did. He did money laundering and we put away all these mafia guys for doing exactly the same thing and it's very criminal and here's their case and the American people are going to be like, eh, okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> That's it? That's what you got? Money laundering? Like, he didn't kill anybody, right? Yeah, okay. Like, no, I think the thing that we really, the only hope I have really is that this kind of continuing cascade of stories about one misdeed after another that's what's going to galvanize people to come to the to the you know to the polls in yeah uh, i, I November. think that people are and a i little think the fact that like people like paul ryan are you know running for the nearest exit uh all of that is a more positive sign to me yeah um, I, the change I, I think he's i think that the most likely thing is that he's gonna but I, he hasn't yet but like he'll implode he'll just be under so much stress and so much anger that he'll just do something. You know, it, it's almost like the, I, there's part of me that thinks this is like that Jessup thing in the, uh, Colonel Jessup in the, you know, uh, Tom Cruise movie where he's just like, you can't handle the truth. Like the yes. idea is just to push him to the brink and make him make a yeah. mistake. Well, he may like, you know, he may get indicted with something. He may he'll tweet himself, something that's incriminating himself and then resign. Yeah. You know? anyway. And then go back to, I don't anyway. know where he'll go back to. He can't go back so, to New York and so I, maybe so I'm not thinking that Trump is that all this, despite the fact it's like riveting, I don't think it's going to lead to anything. So did you want to talk about uh, Pruitt or Cohen? No, I think all of that stuff all goes under the same headline. I actually thought maybe we could wrap up by talking about the Pulitzer Prizes really briefly because you and I had a kind of funny yeah. dis discussion about that. So Kendrick Lamar, I read, 
won the Pulitzer. <laughs> and I, I haven't, I saw his Grammy thing. You saw that too, right? Mm-hmm. I, briefly in it. And I was like, are you this, a big, are you a big Kendrick Lamar fan? I, I didn't know who he was before. And having watched that, I was not a big Kendrick Lamar fan after. <laughs> Whereas, you know, like, I like Hamilton. I like just some Jay-Z. I like, look, I'm not, I'm not a rap guy, really, but I appreciate some rap music. Mm. Uh, I like, you know, the, you know, and I, I like, for example, <laughs> you know, what I thought that Lin-Manuel Miranda did, like, I was just like his, you know, the kind of rhymes he made and sort of the, I know. the way he Sadly, was just, Andrew, was I don't genius. think liking, I don't think liking Hamilton, um, gives you any rap cred <laughs> no and nor should it right uh but uh my question is sort of why is the pulitzer giving rap cred like it's at some level i you know it kind of just makes me wonder like what is the pulitzer prize i guess they gave they gave the uh, poetry they gave the nobel to to bob dylan like you got the po- bob dylan won the nobel prize for literature and did, yes that's right so that's i feel I like there's a weird trend going on here where i think the prizes are having a little bit of a um well, maybe with their, crisis but they're trying to like be cool yeah well maybe they're like we're losing our relevance you know we give all these people policy prizes nobody's heard of it it's you know some investigative journalism nobody cares we need to like of course you shake and i are on up. the opposite end of that or at least i am where i was like "Ooh, the pulitzer prize i'm like maybe i should buy that kendrick lamar album <laughs> well I, no i was gonna listen to it i actually was like okay i'll give it another listen but at the same time um yeah i just uh, and I'm sure it's, you know, a uh, very heartfelt and very talented and probably genius. You know, like you can't you can't become somebody as famous as there was somebody who said, and I think this is exactly right. They're like, anytime you dismiss any kind of hit movie or hit song or hit whatever, you should just stop because there's something in there that made it a hit that it, that is yeah. genius. Right. Like whether it's something that like is incredibly annoying, like the Macarena, like, no, there's something in the Macarena that is absolutely genius. And if you don't recognize that, then you're missing something. And so I absolutely <laughs> well, I think then I think we'd have to say we'd have to extend that and we'd have to be like, so there's something about the Kardashians. Absolutely. There genius. is. And if you haven't figured out what it is, then you're just not thinking about it hard enough. But that, <laughs> but that's absolutely because there are there are. A million, I don't know, a million people on Instagram who would who are trying to be Kim Kardashian. No, no, and no, like like twenty five million. Twenty five million, and she's the only one who is. And so yeah. uh, there's something about her that is absolutely genius that she. Well, sure, but out. then you get into like lowest common denominator appeal versus you know. Then we're talking about the whole. She's Kim Kardashian, as far as I can tell. Not that I'm a fan, not that I watch it, but as far as I can tell, understands what people want better than any, almost anybody else. And well, that seems to be the trend these days in politics in America, as well as in our popular culture. And, and, and by the, you know, and so, I, you know, I'm not taking anything away from Kendrick Lamar because I absolutely yeah. agree. First of all, that Pulitzer's thought that he was a, was a genius and also he's you know, everybody thinks this is the album of the year, so I probably should check it out. But yeah. nevertheless, um, I don't see it. But I, the reason I don't see it probably is because I just, I haven't spent enough time. And I also don't have kind of the depth of understanding about rap. Well, so actually. this is the new... I understand uh, what makes it new, brilliant, but I'm sure it's this brilliant. This is the new thing that the Pulitzers can do, Andrew, is they can help educate and encourage people like you and me I, I guess. to be a little bit more in touch with um, right. what's really going on. But, it, but at <laughs> some level, it's sort of like me figuring out what separates a great 
figure skater or from an okay figure skater or a great ballet <laughs> dancer from an okay ballet. And so like, that's great if you follow ballet and you can see it and you're like, oh, that person can do this. But for me, like, I don't have the time or really inclination to figure out why, <laughs> well, we why we Barishnikov was better than the 50,000 other male ballet dancers. And, you know, and that's just, yes. it, it is. And so, um, anyway, so that's, that's, uh, that's good. I well, I can't wait show. to see Is what... this a good show? I don't know. Uh, without being yeah. in the same room, you feel like we, 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 we blended, we same. bonded. It's not the same, but actually I think, um, yeah, I think we had some really interesting yeah. insights. Who do you think our first guest is now that we've got this all figured out? James Comey. <laughs> James Comey. <laughs> He'll be on any show. Yeah, he'll do it for free, right? Because he's doing this this book thing for free. So he just—it's true. That is how it works. I swear. (laughs) All right. Well, I'll look forward to uh, catching up with you about all the 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 new exciting things that happen between now and our next podcast. All right. Thank you for listening.